Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Allegro Podcast. In today's episode, I talk to Victoria Van Riel. Victoria is a sophomore at Penn State, where she's a student at the Schreier Honors College. She's a seven-time New Jersey Meetup Champions winner. She's a three-time New Jersey Gatorade Player of the Year, a 204-96 800-meter runner, and her list of accomplishments go on. In today's episode, Victoria and I talk about her running journey, her experience as a student-athlete at Penn State, her track and field recruiting guide website, and much more. Hope you all enjoy. Allegro. Allegro. Victoria, thank you so much for joining me today. To start things off, can you please introduce yourself and talk a little bit about how you got into the sport of running? Yeah, definitely. So thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm really excited to be a part of it. So my name is Victoria Van Riel. I am a sophomore at Penn State University, and I'm from New Jersey. I'm an 800-meter runner. Um, And so I began running in fifth grade, so I've been at it for quite some time. I started with the Colgate Women's Games. Um, It's the largest, longest-running amateur women's uh, indoor track event, I would say, um, as it's coined. My gym teacher in fifth grade noticed that I was pretty fast at like the Presidential Fitness Challenge and the different things that we were doing in class, and so she gave me the flyer for it and suggested that I try it out. Um, and after convincing my parents um, as a fifth grader to let me go to New York to race for the first time, um, I began running there. On the line to sign up, there was a coach from a club team right behind us, and he invited us to join the team. It was called the Comets, and it's in New Jersey. And so I joined that team immediately and started running from there. I switched and ran for Plainfield Tsunami from 6th to 8th grade to all of middle school, and then I went to Governor Livingston High School, competed for my public school in Berkeley Heights from those four years, and now I've been running at Penn State. Awesome. Yeah, so from – the beginning of your running journey to present day, what do you consider your greatest running accomplishment? I would say my greatest running accomplishment to date is winning Big Tens as a freshman last year. I had suffered my first injury ever um, while at Penn State, and I kind of was back and forth with training. It wasn't extremely consistent. Um, I was in the head with the basketball my first week of classes, and I got a concussion. Um, I came back from that. Uh, well, first I spent some time cross-training, and then eventually I came back from that. Um, it's kind of difficult because last year everything was online. Everything was online school, so I didn't really have the ability to like take a break from electronics as one would if they typically had a concussion. Um, yeah. So I had that, and then I had some calf and foot issues that put me on the Alter-G or the anti-gravity treadmill for about a month and a half. And at first I was really excited to be on the Alter-G. I was like, oh, this is really cool contraption but after being on for a month and a half I was ready to I was ready to get back to regular running um so uh, that was from I would say about um August October to November early December area and then I was healthy um had some like minor issues here and there I dropped a barbell on my feet during lift which took me out for just a couple of days um just some random things that would crop up and so I didn't really have extremely extremely long stretch of consistent training going into big tens um but I had raced every meet at our indoor season um Penn State as a team missed two meets right before big tens because we had a like a big COVID outbreak on our team um so I would say our team as a whole was at a little bit of a disadvantage going in um and as a freshman I kind of was just taking it as just go out and do your best um this is just a really incredible experience to be able to be here um Penn State has a really nice indoor track actually so we hosted um meets against Rutgers in Maryland so that was the only collegiate competition I had going into Big Ten so it was really just a big shock to me to be able to see all the teams there in one space um and so yeah I would say Big Ten was a big shock to me personally just coming off of what I had experienced going into the meet and um what I felt were like the odds being stacked against us or myself coming off an injury and us as a team not really having as much exposure to racing a lot of competition this year or last year and um yeah I would just owe that the win of that race to just being 
to trusting in my training, trusting in my abilities, being in it mentally from start to finish and just believing in myself and and my strength and knowing that even though I didn't have the full um, month's worth of training that a lot of my competitors did, I was able to put together some solid um, work that I was really proud of and that I knew was stronger than I had been in high school and just to call on that and fight all the way to the end. So I would say that was my biggest accomplishment to date. Yeah, that's amazing, especially considering like everything that led up to that race. Yeah. So that race was indoor, right? That was an that indoor was race. yes. What What do you prefer more, indoor or outdoor track? I definitely prefer indoor track more. I like being able to control all the elements. I think with outdoor track, you have rain and wind and all sorts of different things. I like being able to know the temperature is going to be the same everywhere. Um, we have a nice indoor track, like I said, so we train on it. Um, every workout that we do. Um, during the indoor season and even if in the outdoor season if it's not ideal weather if it's even a little windy we'll come inside and use the tracks so I just like I like indoor tracks to be able to can just to have a lot of factors of unknowns being just known like just knowing exactly what to expect when you go on an indoor track yeah definitely that makes sense yeah I had my first indoor race today after like years because last year we had like a winter season but it was outdoor so it was like totally different this year this season how was so it, it and where was it? Great to get back to it. Oh, How sorry, was that race? Oh, the race was good. We were, at, we were running the distance medley relay, so I ran the 1200 leg, and it was a good race. Good to get back into things after the cross-country season. Where is Where was it? We we run at Drew University, which is like, oh. like 15 minutes away from where I am right now. Yeah. I used to train at Drew um, occasionally on their indoor track um, in high school, actually, if it was not the best weather outside yeah oh wow yeah what's your what's your favorite uh new jersey or i guess a lot of the like places we race like in high school aren't really in new jersey like ocean breeze and stuff but what was your favorite track to run at at, in high school i would say ocean breeze um the bubble to me um while it's not the best facility itself it has a special place in my heart because i started running that was my first meet wasn't there but I started running in fifth grade. That was one of the places that I would go to constantly. So I kind of had my start there at the bubble. And then um, my, I want to say it was my sophomore year of high school, I broke the New Jersey State indoor record there. So it was kind of like a full oh, wow. circle to me, being able to finish up kind of where I started off. But then we moved to Ocean Breeze, I know, for our state championships. And I really liked that track. Um, I was able to train on it a little bit. Last year when I came home from college over the breaks, um, but I really like that facility a lot. But I would say the bubble has a special place in my heart, even though it's it's not the it's not the most luxurious place in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've raced there once for sectionals, and honestly, like it was different because it was just like an hour and a half drive or whatever to get there, and it was like cold and everything. But I, I get what you're saying; like it it definitely does have a special place, and it has like so much history behind it and everything. So yeah, yeah I know, nice. I. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's like a flat track and there's not even a bathroom in there and it, oh, yeah. it's kind of stale, but I I mean, I had, I've had some good races there. So um, I, I like it just for what it means to me, but not necessarily as like a great track. I wouldn't call it that. Yeah, for sure. How's the, how's the armory racing out there? Um, Normally not bad. I, I've had some good races there as well. A lot of like bigger invitationals that I've raced at have been there. Um, I would say I prefer Ocean Breeze. Um, it's just more open in terms of like the lighting situation with like mm-hmm. the glass windows and just has a nicer ambiance. And I would say it's a little easier to breathe. Like I know indoor tracks like sometimes the issue is just like breathing is kind of stale and hard to get in air in an indoor track and i would say that it's a little easier at ocean breeze compared to armory but i know the armory has a lot of history i believe that's where like um the track and field hall of fame i might be wrong um or some sort of track and field museum is there as well yeah. and so it's a really important place and i've run a lot there since fifth grade all the way to um my senior year of high school so has a special place in my heart as well, but I would say Ocean Breeze is my favorite like facility to race at. Awesome, yeah. So staying on the topic of favorite things in track and field, what's your favorite event to run? Uh, for me, it's a 600. Oh, um, okay. So I'm like a, a 400, 800 runner, and I really like the 600, the Big Ten. One of the reasons, well, one consideration I had when picking Penn State was that as part of the Big Ten Conference, which is the only conference that has a 600 as a championship event. 
So we race it at our conference championships. I haven't done that. Um, I only raced 800 there in the 4x4, but I enjoy the 600. I like racing it. I've raced it at Milrose, um, just some other invitationals. I've raced it in college. Um, but yeah, I like the combination of speed and endurance. I feel like that's a good event for me. Mm-hmm, definitely. I, I just, out of curiosity, like most of my experience is running the 1600 and 3200. So when you're running the 800 and like the 600, is it just, do you just consider it like a long sprint or like, because whenever I run the 800, I haven't run it in a while, but like, I feel like I'm kind of like pacing myself. Like, I feel like I'm kind of like, like at least when I ran in like freshman year, if it, it felt just more like a mile, just like cutting it into two and just like running faster splits. But like, does it feel more like a sprint? Like how, how exactly does an elite 800 race feel like? Um, so I know now the 800 is really considered a long sprint. I would, I would agree with that statement. I would say there's a little bit more pacing involved in it because you can't really treat it like a 400. Um, but the 600 most definitely is a, is a longer, it's just a long sprint. I raced my first ever 500 last week, um, which was an experience on its own. Um, whether not to treat it like a 400 or a 600, but I would agree with the statement that the 800 is a long sprint, although I would say that there's some pacing involved in it. And I do look at my splits um, per 200 if it's on an indoor track or like on a 400 if it's outdoors and just every 400. Um, I think there's a lot of tactics and there's a mental component, especially in the 800, um, just because of how taxing it is. Um, so I wouldn't treat it like a like a all out sprint and hold on. I think it's a little long for that, but I would consider it like a, like a very long fast race so yeah yeah definitely and i feel like every 800 race is fun to watch or like even like the 600 because like even if it's tactical and like you're going out slow and then finishing fast that's definitely interesting but even seeing like a time trial kind of effort um like when like when like 2012 when like radisha ran the 800 record uh, at the olympics like when they're just going like um they just strung out and they're just running like just really fast like that's interesting as well so yeah 800 is definitely 800 600 all those middle distance events are super cool yeah i would say that each race each 800 race is different like people will take it out differently myself i would take it out differently i think that each race is different they're not extremely predictable either just because of the nature of the well nature of track and field also but also the nature of this middle distance event um which makes it interesting and from a racing perspective um, just have to be on your toes and kind of ready and prepared to make adjustments and shift whenever need be. Oh yeah, definitely. What What's your favorite workout? My favorite workout. So I really, one thing I really enjoy about college is having teammates to do workouts with, which isn't something that I really had that much, um, in high school. Um, a lot of the workouts I like doing in college are the 400 is the max, length of the rep so we've done like this ladder which is three by 200 um two by 300 one 400 and then back down the ladder so then two by 300 and um three by 200 and then we'll do a kicker at the end and our coach considers a kicker either like 200 400 500 or 600 meters he'll change it depending on the workout all out sprint like you treat it like a race and so you're completing a full workout and then you go all out for a certain amount of distance um so I really like that workout as well. Another one that we just did was three by split 1000. So it was a, um, 200, 400, um, 200, 200. And we did that three times. That was more of a speed endurance workout because it wasn't a lot of rest in between reps. We got a little bit longer of a break in between sets. Um, but that was a really, really challenging workout for us. Um, but I appreciate the challenging workouts because it makes me more confident going into races. But I enjoyed that one. And... Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, we did one last week that was uh, 400, 200, 100, 300, 200, 100, 200, 200, 200, 200, 100, and then an all-out 200, um, which I liked as well. That one was definitely challenging. Um, but we do do, like, a lot of um, aerobic stuff. We've done – I didn't do it in high school. They're called steady runs. And so, for me, that's, like, um, I would say around mid-630s to seven-minute pace. Um, that I would do a run at, I would do six miles. The first two miles are warm up in the next four from that like 6.35 to seven minute range, um, which was challenging for me. and was an adjustment definitely getting into um, last year, but I think that they really made me stronger as a runner. 
um, having that aerobic capacity. And we have a golf course. Um, and we'll warm up to the golf course and then we'll do 800 meter repeats on our golf course, which is 200. It's about 400 meters downhill and then round turn 400 meters uphill. Um, so we'll do that or we'll just do 800 repeats on the track. We've done some tempo, like two miles and then some faster stuff after. Um, so yeah, we do a variety of workouts. Um, we have two coaches for our middle distance group at Penn State. So we get a variety, like a mixture of things um, for a period of time, especially during cross country season. On Mondays, it was speed Mondays. So we do a longer warm up and then maybe like wickets or um, like 100s, 100, 150s, 200 max, um, working on form and like getting critiques on how we run with our arms. I know I'm somebody who runs like very side to side with my arms. Like I do a lot of twisting. So that's something that I've worked on, especially on like speed Mondays, just form and we do a lot of drills and mobility. So that was, I enjoyed that part as well. So, yeah. Yeah. That that's very interesting. And it's, it's interesting to see like the, the amount of like speed stuff that like your team does, because like, I never like, like, I feel like there's just so many ways to train for the 800, um, like, or like a lot of those middle distance events. Like I know Nick Simmons, he said he was doing like 70 miles a week and he said he trains like a, like a, miler or like or like a miler for the 800 to run an elite level but i know there are many people who come from the really fast speed background like donovan brazier has a super fast 400 so just super cool to hear all those workouts um that you guys are doing it's yeah. really really cool to hear i really think it's the beauty of the 800 it's you can have i think 800 is like the best mixture of like middle distance so you can have people coming from both ends of the spectrum like people who are like sprint based and they just hold on or like are able to continue with that or people who are more distance based and they have the speed to be able to run a fast 800. And so I feel like the way that our coaches are training us are to be strong middle distance runners, um, to be able to have both ends of like endurance and speed. We can be able to like put together a good, um, like distance medley relay and have people do the mile and the 12 and the four and be competitive and all of them. So that's something interesting that I think that we're doing. And I think that also comes from us having two coaches, one that's a little bit more eight mile and one that's more four eight. So I think we get the best of both worlds in that. Yeah, awesome. So relating to that kind of, uh, in high school, you ran like the, you ran, you ran a few cross country seasons, right? I, I ran cross country every year of high school. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you ran cross country every year. How do you, how do you compare that to like the, the track races and, uh, do you think that helped a lot with like the aerobic and strength aspect? Because from what I've heard, that's a really important part for the 800. Yeah, I would say that definitely helped with the strength and like building a base. Like I would do my cross country training, my summer training, and then um, have that aerobic base and then start off um, just building off of that and then just slowly cutting down the mileage and getting faster. But I would always have the strength of like being able to run a fast 5K or whatever um, I was racing in high school. Um, now most of the middle distance group at Penn state does not race cross country, but we train, um, with the cross country team. We are brought back with the cross country team. So we come back a week early, um, week or two early over the summer to be able to get the extra training and extra mileage. They give us like a summer mileage program as well. Um, I suffered an injury at the end of, well, during my spring season. So I wasn't able to do a lot of the summer mileage. So I came back a little, um, differently in terms of my training coming into this past cross-country season but we do the same like workouts on grass like we use our golf course quite a bit we have some grass fields we'll go out to trails um and longer reps and just preparing us to be able to be strong aerobically and I definitely think that has extreme benefit um as 800 runner even if um it's just a lot of mileage that we put in I still feel that it has its value because 800 you have to be able to go fast for a long amount of time. So I think that that's adding to a second component of like, it's a long amount of time you have to be able to be strong for. So it's like building the heart muscles. And so while I don't particularly love cross country, um, I definitely see it's, it's value for us in our training. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So talking a little bit about high school now, um, you went to high school in New Jersey, um, which, which I do as well. And it's, I feel like New Jersey just has such an amazing running culture like uh, shout out to NJ Milesplit, but like there are just a lot of people who are really into the sport and there are a lot of high level athletes in the state. So what was your experience being an NJ runner like? Yeah, so 
I think that it's really cool being from New Jersey and being a runner um, just because of its history and also like the fact that there's just such a concentration of strong athletes in almost every event um, or basically every event, actually. And so I was always um, all my races were always competitive. I can always rely on having strong competition. Um, one girl from my county in high school, she went to UC, um, Union Catholic. She's actually my training partner right now at Penn State. Um, the two of us train together. We used to race against each other almost every weekend in high school. So I think it's just really cool to be able to have that connection. There's quite a few people on our team right now who are from New Jersey across all um, event groups. Um yeah, I, as a runner, I try my best to focus more on what I can control. So like, I, my goals are typically time based, not necessarily like beating a certain person or, or going after a certain place. I'm, I'm a believer in like, if you focus on running a fast time, everything else will fall into place. Um, so I try not mm-hmm. to stay too preoccupied with who I'm competing against, I definitely will do my fair share of research and just know my competition, you know, just to ha- know how they race or how they go out or if, if I should take it out or if I should rely on someone else and and um, try to finish strong. Um, but I wouldn't say that I, I was out, like, hunting people um, in high school and I kind of keep the same mentality in college. But um, it was really competitive being a um, middle-distance runner in New Jersey, and I think that prepared me a lot for collegiate athletics, a lot of the girls from the New Jersey meets I would see in all events. Um, I see them in the Big Ten or at Big Tens or just anywhere. I train with them now, so I think that's really cool. And so I have a lot of Jersey pride regardless, but I think just being a runner from New Jersey makes it even stronger. Yeah, definitely. And we'll talk about this a little later, but like two-thirds of the Olympic team that like went to Tokyo was from New Jersey for the 800. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. So also relating to high school, um, you raced a number of big invitationals and like races mm-hmm. um, in your high school career, like Milrose, Mount Sac Relays, Brooks PR, um, like all of those races. Which, which out of those, which one would you consider your favorite? I know all of them have, share, have their, their different aspects and everything, but which one stood out as like a favorite? Uh, I think the Brooks PR experience was extremely cool being like flown out to Seattle. Um, that was really fun. We got to stay over in a hotel, had a roommate. Um, it was just a group of us and we got to know each other, com- like competitors from all over the country. Um, that was a really cool race. I really enjoyed that. I did miss New Balance National with my junior year for that race, but I thought that it was worth it. Um, just that experience. And I really, I really did enjoy my time at Brooks PR and I thought that was a really, um, fun meet to be a part of it was an honor to get the invitation because I know it's such a prestigious um race out there um but I really enjoyed that um I would also say for indoors I did the New Balance Grand Prix and um Milrose and I would say racing the Milrose 600 was really fun for me oh also with the Brooks PR meet that's also where I still have my 800 PR from so that was a really competitive race as well um but Indoors, I would say racing the Milrose 600 was really exciting. Um, the Milrose Games is just, like, it's historic. You get to watch professional athletes while you're there. Um, I went and I saw Milrose when I was younger um, and didn't race it. And then my, um, I want to say my sophomore year, I raced the Milrose Mile. Um, but then my junior year, I raced the Milrose 600. And I thought that was more for me than, like, the mile. So I it was an event that I was more confident in and was stronger in. So I really enjoyed that. And it was a extremely competitive race. And just the environment of Milrose being at the Armory, um, with all the fans there, just knowing that, you know, it's televised, not necessarily our race, the high school race, but just the the meet itself was televised and this professional athletes right there that you're just rubbing noses with when you're warming up and you're just getting surrounded by the whole entire um, the atmosphere. It's just like a it's a very track central that meet and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that um, environment and being a part of it. And so I would say the Milrose 600 is definitely up there in one of my favorite invitations that I've been a part of. Yeah. Did you race Milrose your, your senior year, like the indoor season? Um, I, uh, I can't remember actually. I was going to say it shut down because of COVID, but it might not have. 
Yeah, because I, w- I went to Milrose, like, I came, went as a spectator, and I feel like I, I remember seeing you racing, like, either the 6 or the 8 there. Yeah, I I actually probably did run the 600 at Milrose. Exploring, like, the, like, the, yeah, 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 I, I, I went as a spectator, and that was just amazing to see that, like, the, like, it was just, like, so many high-level athletes, both nationally and internationally, were at the meet. And it's, like, like you said, like, it's just so tr- track-centric, everyone knows what's going on. Uh, like all the fans are just surrounding everywhere, which like I've raced at Ocean Breeze as well. But per, like I kind of just like seeing the Armory environment as a lot because it just like everyone was just so passionate and enthusiastic and like it was just amazing. Yeah, that's how I feel about Penn Relays. Also, I feel like there's very few meets where it's like everyone there is a track fan. Um, and I would say Milrose is one of them and Penn Realize is another one of them. Just the environment of being surrounded by people who just love the sport is just really cool. And being able to be part of when you're younger, especially um, seeing people who you look up to just up close and personal. I feel like that's just really inspirational and kind of pushes me to run my best. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like Oregon has Hayward Field, but it's so cool that there's so many like historical meets and venues in, the, in the, this part of the East Coast, which is nice. So um, transitioning to a little bit different of a topic, um, talking just in general about like the mindset part of the sport, which I think is very important. And you touched on it before. Um, so when you have a big race coming up, how do you mentally prepare yourself? Like I know some people do visualization, like other people like write, like really like writing their goals down and like just really manifesting that. How do you prepare for races before uh, like going into them? Yeah, so I would definitely say I do some visualization I wouldn't say right before a race. I would say like a week leading up to it. I feel like I, I'm i somebody who uh, honestly does get nervous for racing. Um, so I would say I think about a race about a week out from it. Um, so sometimes that means I'm thinking about racing all the time if I race every weekend. Um, so I would say I visualize my race um, throughout the week itself. I'm always thinking about it. Um, sometimes we'll do race sim- race simulation so i know at points in high school i would do like um i would ask some of my teammates form like not a not necessarily a barricade but have me kind of be boxed in and like simulate how i would try to get out of that situation um just different tactics see how it would be to like come off a curb and um run hard and like if i had to zigzag in any sort of way um so that's another way that i prepare um i try always to have like typical pasta, vegetable, chicken, or some sort of meat before a race. Pretty basic. Day of. Used to be a bagel and eggs, um, but now that I'm on my own in college, um, not not as much of that. I would say probably eggs and a starch if that's toast or like a pancake or something. Um, but I would say that, like I mentioned before, I don't really try to focus primarily on the competition I have going into the race. I try not to be too preoccupied by who I'm going up against. I really just try to focus on thinking about the training that I've done preparing me for this race and trying to build my confidence mentally going into it and, and just reminding myself that I'm prepared um, mm-hmm. and just try to call on that strength to motivate me. And then when it's time to go, you know, just do the best that I can, go out and compete, um, be competitive, um, keep it honest um and so yeah yeah definitely uh the 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 race simulation thing that you talked about is super interesting because like like we talked about the 800 is definitely a very tactical event so that's super cool to, like that that's like very fascinating that that's an aspect of like training um yeah that's that's really cool that you did that yeah we would do it in high school sometimes before like a bigger me or even just a, a just a regular invitational um my coach would have like some of my teammates and myself kind of switch positions and just like have us working so that it'd be like one of us is trying to get out of being boxed in or one of us is trying to see if we can come off the turn and like swing wide and pass someone or if you have to weasel your way through so that was pretty cool that we did that in high school just to kind of um, prepare ourselves for whatever situation we might find ourselves in a race, we're not panicking and we kind of like have something to call in the back of our mind. Like, Oh, in practice, I was able to get out of this. So let me try to do this to be able to get out of it. I mean, it won't be the exact same when you're racing as if it was staged, like in practice. Um, but it's something to help 
myself or help anyone just not to freak out too much if you're in a situation where you it's not ideal oh yeah for sure like I know a lot of times during races I always think like all right I've done this in training I can do this Mm -hmm. on race day so yeah that definitely makes a lot of sense so now talking about race day um when you're actually racing um what do you actually think about because I know you talk about how you like thinking about like what you can control and like like focusing on like your time and everything but like personally, um, like I do, it really depends on the race. But like, so sometimes I like really just thinking about like who I'm racing and like, all right, like stay engaged in like the front pack or whatever. But then other other times I'm like, all right, come through 400 in this time and everything. But like sometimes it messes with my head um, when it's like you know you're a few seconds behind like your goal split. So like, how do you go about like your mental process during your race? Yeah, so I feel like. It depends on the race, and uh, like I mentioned before, like I try not to be too focused on my competition, but I definitely do know who I'm racing. Um, if it's a race where I am going into it, I would say I'm the fastest in the field. My primary focus would be on splits. I try to treat every race as a high-level race. I try to keep every race honest um, for myself. So if um, – if I sometimes for me, it's just like you're racing the clock. Um, I would focus on my splits, but times I need to hit um, all that what I can do, like I'll tell myself, like, stop twisting your upper body, like move your arms forward and back and stop going side to side or um, whatever it needs to be to focus on hitting my splits versus if I was at a race like, um, well, I'm more so in college now, I would say every race is competitive, like, um, I don't go in thinking, oh, I'm going to be the top runner every race or most races in college now. Um, so I would focus on um, definitely still hitting my splits because I set a goal time for every race. Um, but I would say just knowing my competition, like I said, I raced a 500 for the first time last week and I was up, it was an inter-squad meet and I was up against one of my teammates and um, she was a sprinter. So I knew that she went up faster um than us as middle distance runners um would get out so I try to focus on try to stay with her as fast as as much as I could when I knew that she would pass me or go out harder than me um or if I'm racing in a mile um I would try my best to like hold on to the pack that I was with because I knew that I myself am not a, a miler I wouldn't consider myself a miler so I would just try my best to um stay with it um so I'm so sorry <laughs> I know where um yes so yeah i think it to me it really depends on the race that i'm running and who i'm competing against how confident i am in this the distance itself of the race um whether or not my focus primarily is on hitting splits if i feel that i'm racing the clock and it's really important for me just to to race like not by myself um but to be able to just focus on what I need to accomplish and not really on the other people in the race versus if it's just tactical, if it's people were all similar times, we're all going in, or if this is not my primary event, then I will more so use my competitors to help pull me or push me um, to get to my goal time. Yeah, that that's really cool to hear. So I feel like in every race or not every race, but in a lot of races, you have those like moments where like you hit a wall and like you just it's really like a test of your mental toughness um and like your legs might be hurting so much but um it's really like a decision that you have whether you want to keep going pushing through the pain or just like settle back so do you have any like special methods that are like that you like doing um when you when you're encountering those moments i know some people like um like they have like little like chant that they say to themselves some people like like I know in a marathon, some marathoners like to think of like um, their friends and family, like each mile of the race when it gets hard. Do you have any like things or like cues that you go with um, whenever you have those hard, uh, like those hard situations in races? Um, I wouldn't say that I like consistently use the same mantra for myself or um, if I were to hit a wall during a race, I try to focus on my arms because I know that like um, – the more that I put my arms, the more that my legs are going to go. So if I feel my legs starting to give out, then I try to tell myself, like, work on your arms, like, make sure your arms are pumping fast and not just, like, help your legs. Um, but typically, I think it really depends on 
the race itself. Like, if this is a championship race, then I'm really starting to tighten up. Then I'm just telling myself, like, you're almost there. Well, I guess no matter the race, I always tell myself you're almost there. Um, but I'll just try to remind myself of the importance of it and just um, try to focus on my goal and, and just try to block out any sort of um, negativity that I have creeping in mentally. Um, but regardless, I like talk to myself during races. I'll be like, Victoria, you got this. Like, you just have to stay strong. Like, 100 meters left, 50 meters left. If you can see the finish line or if I see someone ahead of me, just like try to get up close to them. Um, but I wouldn't say that specifically. I always think about the same thing every race. I would say it kind of changes depending on the situation, um, depending on what's going on in the race itself, um, the type of race that it is, what I tell myself. Um, but I do like personally talk to myself, not out, sometimes out loud, but talk to myself um, while I'm racing and try to feed myself positive things and like try to convince, talk to myself, talk myself up, get myself um prepared to just finish strong no matter what the outcome is even if I hit a wall if it's a longer race early on and I just know that it's not going to be what I wanted or what I felt that I trained for just trying to tell myself like it doesn't matter you're already in this you got to finish it regardless so finish it strong and give it all you got um so yeah oh yeah definitely and yeah I definitely see how like just like simply telling yourself or like relaxing your shoulders or like yeah. just focusing on form that like even though it's just like a small thing definitely helps a lot when when you're in those moments of pain in races and like personally like I don't know why or I kind of like like exploring like the like the the pain cave as people say like in the in recent races like I heard an analogy on a podcast where it's like each time you're in one of those like situations you're like digging into like the tunnel into like the pain cave and like you just want to try to go f- furthest into it um so like in the next race you you you, you've like adapted more and like i'm really into interested in like neuroscience and stuff like that so it's like looking at it at like a like a neurobiological level and like seeing like how like it relates to neuroplasticity and all that like i just found the mental side of running super fascinating and it's so cool to hear like all of the like the um, your your tactics for addressing that is that something you think you're gonna major in in college yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm very interested in like neuroscience in the mind. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to like major in that. That's cool. Uh, in the future. Thank you. Yeah. What are you majoring in? Accounting. <laughs> Accounting. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So actually like relating to that college majors and everything, you're currently running and studying at Penn State and you're specifically a student at the Penn State Schreier Honors College. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance um being an elite runner and with excelling in the classroom? Because you know, you're running at such a high level, um, like conference champion, like all American, um, in high school, everything like super high level runner, but also honors college, uh, Penn state. Um, how do you balance the two of those worlds? Well, first off, thank you. <laughs> um, but I would say that, uh, I was really prepared for college going from GL, um, my high school. I took nine, nine AP classes between my junior and senior year and I felt like those really prepared me to be able to transition into what college academics would be I felt well I do think that um, I guess the whole class of 2020 had a kind of a disadvantage transitioning from high school to college um, everything online um, not being able to finish out high school exactly how we intended um, or all that stuff um, it was challenging in certain ways, just adapting to college, being in a new place, not being able to go anywhere, a lot of restrictions, but everything being online made it very easy to like just get things done. I schedule all my classes for the morning because I'm a morning person. Um, when I was through, I started playing the piano. This is unrelated, but I started playing the piano when I was four and the saxophone when I was nine. And so I would do like recitals, um, I guess, twice a year. And when I was younger, I do competitions. Um, but I also did extracurriculars in the afternoon, like I did um, karate for a period of time after school. So I would always do my music practice before school. So I'd wake up at 6.15 and like get ready for school, then practice the piano and saxophone for like, I guess, either 35 to 45, 30 to 45 minutes, if I remember correctly, and then um, go to school and then do all that. So I'm a morning person, I guess, just by default, that being my natural body clock for however many years. Um, so I'll like, wake up early, I schedule all my classes for the morning, um, especially with online classes, just a 15 minute gap in between classes. So I'll just start assignments as soon as the class is over, just like, start it on my laptop immediately and get as much done in, in between classes. And then um, 
it just was an easy flow. Everything was right there. You didn't have to leave um, your dorm. And so I think that that transition academically also made it easier. Um, one thing about COVID, when everything kind of shut down, and I didn't get to finish out my senior season, I had a lot of extra time to focus on academics. So I was able to rack up a lot of AP credits, um, preparing for my exams and stuff like that in my senior year. So I come into Penn State already um, with 35 AP credits, which is about a little over a year, because um, a year is about 30 credits. Um, so that also put me in an extreme advantage there. And so I felt that my transition was pretty smooth academically. Now my sophomore year classes were in person, but I still kind of had that schedule that I had developed last year where morning classes, get everything done. Um, my classes were like obviously in campus and then on, in between the building side of campus and the athletic side of campus, there was our um, student athlete academic center. So I'd go straight from classes to our academic center, do as much work as possible as I could before moving on to practice. And then um, I took advantage of the tutors that we would get as student athletes and um, the other services. And I come back to the academic center in the evenings and do a lot of my work there. Um, so I would say that time management is something I developed from a young age, even before I started running, just with the amount of extracurriculars I did and, and the schedule that I had developed so that um, through high school, I was able to, you know, to section off my time. Um, and then now in college, I'm able to get all my work done in the morning um, so I can be able to train. Um, if I have things to finish, I'll get it done regardless. And so I'll do that in the evenings. But I try to also, especially this year, since we didn't really have this opportunity last year, get involved in as many things on campus as possible. Um, so I kind of do that in the evenings, on the weekends. Um, so yeah, I would say that I felt prepared academically, especially for college, even being in the honors college. Um, because of the classes I chose to take or the classes I took in high school and even leading up to it and just the um, schedule that I had developed for myself even at a young age. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I know a lot of people have different opinions on this, but I'm curious to hear your opinion. Uh, I know some people on my on like in previous episodes have said that like uh, that like the academics of like and having that structure and like that schedule has really like enhanced their athletics and also vice versa so do you think like they they really like boost each other like having one like athletics really helps your academics and then having your academics provides that structure and helps your athletics what what's your opinion on that I definitely agree I would say that like I need both of them if one isn't going the way that I need it to be it's going to affect the other one I would say like I've noticed that especially in my practices um in college like during midterms week when I was very stressed with academics I wasn't necessarily behind but I just felt like there was a lot that I had to be doing I was stressing myself out that would um in turn affect my workouts my ability to work out I'd find that I was like struggling to breathe or um I was just nervous before the workout even started um so I would say that like I need both of them to be in order for me to be successful and like kind of the same way if like a practice doesn't go well that I'm I'm stressed and that'll impact um, my athletics so I feel that the structure that I've created for academics is really important for me to like hold to um, or else if I kind of start to get lax with it and then things are just kind of falling apart academically, then it's going to flow into other parts of my life. And like for me, my freshman year, I was able to get a 4.0 both semesters. And then this year um, wow. have all A's except for one A minus. Um, but yeah, so I would say that um, academics is really important to me and I always keep that structure. And I feel like that, it's kind of the key to me being successful on the track because if I didn't, um, personally, if I wasn't excelling in the classroom, then I would just be stressed and out of whack. And that would just in turn make it more difficult for me to be able to train the way I needed to. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I very, I agree. Like there's such a like intersection between the two and it's really important just to like focus on both of them and to, to just to excel as a student athlete. Mm -hmm. um, so on a similar topic, um, how did you exactly choose Penn State and what went into the like recruiting process and your college decision process? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I would, I guess recruiting started the end of my sophomore year. Um, and so I, the coach at Penn State expressed an interest in me early on and, um, I was very, my family and I were very, I guess, diligent in the way that we treated the college search. 
So I had a, a book and I wrote down notes from every single conversation I had with coaches about all the interactions I had, any pieces of mail that I got, just to kind of keep notes of it. Because it's just a lot to take in from a bunch of different people. So I need to be able to remember it. So I took notes in this book and I would always refer to it. Um, I took my fair share of unofficial visits uh, all over the country. I kept a very open mind in terms of the schools that I looked at. Um, there were some Ivies there and then there were schools um, that were more track powerhouses than um academic powerhouses I would say um and I didn't really rule anything out um I wanted to be able to hear every coach out and see what they had to offer their program the school um so I had a broad range there um and it kind of came down to seeing my priorities um something I talk about in the website that I had created this past summer is creating an algorithm that came for me after I did um, my home visits and unofficial and my official visits. Um, so kind of the way for me that I went into, I guess, home and unofficial home and official visits was just how from, I guess, the end of my sophomore year up until beginning of my senior year, the communications with coaches had been, if they had been consistent, how much effort they had put in, how much effort I had put in. Um, certain coaches came to my races um, in New Jersey or watched me practice. The coach at Penn State came and watched me practice one time. He came to uh, one of my um, county races where myself and my current training partner um, were both racing. Um, he went to the under 20 championships that I raced at in Florida. He um, was at some other invitationals that I had gone to all over the country. So just the amount of effort that the coach put in and it definitely did not go unnoticed. And I would like write that down, obviously. And that was another big part of me picking Penn State. Just I felt that the coach was really invested in me, not only as an athlete, but as a person. And he was willing to do a lot um, to help me or to um, help in my decision process as well. Um, so that was something that was really important. And that's kind of how we decided to narrow it down to what schools that I would visit. Um, we heard the coaches out at the um, the home visits. Some brought PowerPoints and would like have presentations. Um, there's a my family and I really believe that there's a lot to learn from every coach. Even if I wasn't extremely interested in the school, um, there was something that could be learned from each coach that I could then go and ask another coach um, if their school offered that, if their program offered that, or just something to note. Um, so then, yeah. And so then after I took my official visits, um, I didn't take all five. I only took four. And I created the algorithm based on those schools and just kind of listed which one, which factors were important to me, like uh, proximity to home, um, if I need to fly there or if it can be driven, what the climate is like there, um, if it's warm, if it's cold, if it has all four seasons, um, if they have an indoor track and how important that would be based on their location, um, what conference they're in, um, I guess like how competitive the conference is, it, how competitive the conference is, how um, that school has done in the conference in the past like decade, um, what the school record was for like the 400, 600, 800, four by four by four, four by eight, sprint medley, distance medley, the events that were important to me, um, how I felt on my official visit, how I felt um, connected with the team, all that. Um, so I kind of laid it out for myself in a structured way to be able to see visually how the school is stacked up against each other. And it wasn't necessarily like the school that had the highest amount of points won. It kind of was like looking at them and seeing, okay, this school didn't have the most points out of these four. Um, but what is, what is it? What's stopping it from being up there? Oh, it's this factor. This factor is not really that important to me or this school has the most points, but it's missing this one part that's extremely important to me. So, um, that was definitely really important factor to me in choosing Penn State. And then, um, yeah, kind of through that whole process of taking note of, like, the coaches and how I found the team and all the different factors that I kind of talked about in the algorithm, um, I made my decision. So, yeah. Awesome, yeah. So that it's really cool to hear, like, how in-depth that, like, whole thing was and, like, how uh... – like like you said, like you and your family um, went really like, very diligently about like the process, and like it just seemed very involved and it is. Uh, like <laughs> yeah, and like it's very interesting how like each person um I've I've talked to on this podcast has had like a different uh, recruiting process, and it's really cool to hear how your story went like, um and how how's it going so far at Penn State? It's going well. I mean, athletically, it's going well. I was able to win Big Tens and go to NCAAs, and I was the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. So athletically, it's been a success. And academically, um, last year I was able to get 
all A's. And then this year, minus one class, is able to get all A's. Um, so I would say academically and athletically is going really well. Um, socially, I mean, I feel like this would be the same for a lot of people in my grade, especially last year, like as a freshman coming in, it was just really hard to get to know people and, and do things just at, um, just because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but now I'm getting involved in things on campus, meeting a lot of people. One big thing for me, I feel like they say this, like every Penn State um, tour, they say you can make a big school small, but you can't make a small school big. And I've really taken that to heart. Um, so I'm able to like find make a small group for myself but I still believe like there's 40,000 people out here in Penn State like I have to be able to to meet them in some way not everyone but just get myself involved get to meet as many people as possible to be able to form that small group um so I've joined organizations even if I haven't joined them if my friend has joined an organization I'll come to events that they put on um so yeah socially it's been definitely a lot better this year just getting involved and getting to meet people making new friends doing new things uh, learning more about myself and what the university has to offer. So it's been exciting, and I'm really excited to, you know, get to learn more about Penn State because it's just a lot to offer there in terms of, like, the student body, just based on the size of it. You know, now it's football. Well, not now, but this past year we had football, which we didn't have last year, which has been really excited to go to game days. Um, it's about 109,000 people. I think they fit in their stadium, which is just incredible and so that's just an exciting experience on its own like every weekend almost well actually not every weekend but for football weekends that's exciting now it's basketball season so i try to go to as many sporting events as possible our men's soccer team was big 10 champions and we hosted that competition so i was able to go there and a couple of soccer games before that and um just meeting other student athletes also i'm in this um coaches nominate um, student athletes from their sport and so there's a um, athletic directors leadership program and we're broken off into groups I've gotten to meet like male and female student athletes from a bunch of different sports which is really cool as well um, so yeah I would say that's really going well for me and I'm excited to see what more I get to experience in the next two and a half years awesome yeah yeah, Penn State is, like, one of those schools that you think of when you're, like, school spirit. Like, yeah. I know, like, people are very passionate about, like, everything that's going on campus, especially, like you said, like, football and everything. So that's really cool that um, you're, like, your your experience is going well so far in, like, such an amazing school. Um, So we talked a little bit about this, or you mentioned it when you're talking about, like, your recruiting process, but you actually started a website that like details your recruiting process and really helps other people who are under, um, who are going through the process called vanrealtrackguide.com. So can you talk a little bit about like what motivated you to start the website and like to, um, to, to share the knowledge and your experiences with others? Yeah. So I mentioned this a little earlier that I had gotten injured in my spring season and my freshman year. Um, and so I kind of was expecting my season to go longer than it did, um, and to have more going on, I guess, over the summer for me, but I really didn't. And so when I got home, my parents honestly were like, you can't just sit here. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let me, um, let me do something. So I was thinking about the areas that I had a lot of knowledge in and, um, ways to give back to the track and field community that's helped me. So I've been at this, um, since fifth grade, there's been a lot of, um, support that I've gotten from parents, coaches, not even my coaches, just coaches all over. Um, there are just a lot of people who are involved in my running who just wanted me to succeed. And they had no relation to me or my what I was doing, my team or whatnot. And I really want to be able to give back to them. Um, and not just them, just anyone really part of the track and field community who needed this. Because um, people had asked me kind of similarly, like, how did you pick Penn State? Or like, what was your recruiting process like? Um, so I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, like maybe this is something I can create, definitely make it free, you know, just to be able to get back to the community and not have to put any um, barriers in the way to be able to get this information and just kind of impart my knowledge, do some research also um, to expand my knowledge to be able to share. Um, and I know that there's some services already um, that help with the recruiting process, but I wanted this to be like a place we'd be able to get as much information in one spot. Um so I have like different tabs and different sections on like questions to ask coaches, questions to ask athletes, um, things to look for in a school. I include the algorithm like an example of it. Um, I went through and I created an Excel spreadsheet that had um, the winner of each event 
um, for the, I believe it was the 2020 um, NCAA championships and what school they came from, what conference that's in, what the tuition for that school is, just to be able to lay out um, some like competitive schools there. Um, I talked about how to go about things, whether you're already um, in contact with coaches or if you need to, if you want to reach out to coaches yourself. Um, so I just wanted it to be something that can help people meet them where they are and then take them where, to where they want to be. Um, so for me, that was a learning process on its own. One of my classes my freshman year was website development, but I didn't use um, Wix, um, which is what I had used to create this website. So I had to kind of learn it a little bit more. I created in 2020 another website I co-created with five other people, six of us, um, and we used Wix, that platform as well. Um, so I was familiar with it. But this was a learning experience for me to kind of do it on my own, um, use Excel more. I didn't really use it too much um, and be able to create those spreadsheets, the design element, um, have conversations with coaches or um, people who are involved in like communications and media to be able to see how my website looks visually, if it's easy to understand. Um, so it was a learning process for me as well. But I really wanted to create something that could spread knowledge from a topic that I'm passionate about, something that I know um, quite a bit about and be able to share my experience and not be like, this is the end all be all. This is just kind of what I um, had and what I can share with you based on what I know and what I've learned. Um, so it's a product that I'm really proud of. Um, and so, yeah, I just hope that it can continually be a resource for anyone who just clicks on the link, needs it, has any questions. Um, I left a section there for them to be able to reach out to me. It goes straight to my email. So I be able to have conversations with some people who have lingering questions and so yeah that's kind of the background of the website that's awesome yeah the website's super cool like the design you touched on that like the web development aspect it's super cool design very easy to understand and everything having all the the different points of the recruiting process laid out and in a very detailed manner so yeah great job with that or like congratulations for <laughs> uh like creating that um like Thank that you. project it was, uh, um, it was definitely different because when I created it on my laptop, I made it um, easy to look at via like a laptop. And then when I put it out and I had it on my phone, I was like, oh, this is just a mess. Like oh, it just yeah. did not work at all on a phone um, mobile layout. So then I had to change it again. Um, and even if you look on it now on an iPad, I don't know if it's perfect, but um, it's just, it was quite that whole process on its own. Also, just kind of figuring out the layouts and using like technology. I'm... Um, I'm more of a business person than like a computers person so that was just a struggle for me even so um but yeah I'm definitely it's continual work in progress like I'll keep updating it as I get more information or whatnot um but it's just a product that I want to be able to put out as, as soon as possible and just help as many people so yeah yeah awesome yeah I remember when I made I made a website for the podcast just to like put all the episodes and like about me page and everything in my sophomore year and I remember when I I did it on Wix as well and like when I when I went to the mobile mode to like preview it it was just like it like you said like it's totally different than what you yeah. and like what you saw on the the desktop the computer version so yeah that's that's pretty funny yeah it was all like my text was all over the place images were just like on top of each other it was just a mess so I had to take it down and rework that and then put it back up yeah so this is totally miscellaneous now. So um, just some random questions about um, like the sport and the professional world, which I'm a big fan of. I like, fo <clears throat> I like following track, like at the high school level, the collegiate level and the professional level. I feel mm -hmm. like each thing just has like, it's interesting stuff. Um, so do you follow the professional track and field circuit? And if so, like what events excite you in it? Yeah. So I would say like, um, especially when I'm home, I guess, over the summer um, from college, I would follow, um, obviously, the Olympics this past year. Um, just the Diamond League circuit that goes on as well. Um, Penn State also has a few professional athletes now. Um, we have Isaiah Harris, who used to train oh. with um, the team last year, so it was really cool to be able to see him and, like, oh, his wow. training partners um, there just doing the same workouts that we were doing. Um, so like I'd follow some Penn State athletes as well. Definitely like stay focused more on the middle distance events, but I do look at all the events. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just really cool to see the progression of some people who maybe I didn't personally race, but I've like come in contact with, I've spoken to, I know, 
um, when I was running the um, recruiting process, I had spoken to Olivia Baker, who used to run for Stanford. Um, so it's really cool to see her now. And um, yeah, so I, I would say that when, not necessarily when I'm at school, I feel like when I'm at school, to be honest, I'm kind of in a little bit of a, a bubble. Um, but when I'm not there and just, especially during high school and when I was just not in college, even before college started, I would follow the professional circuit. I know my junior year I raced at the USATF Indoor National Championship. So that was like against professionals themselves, um, not just like the high school one. It was just like a cut time and anyone who was there was there. And so that was cool to be in the heat with professionals, warm up right next to them. Um, so I just like to see kind of everyone's progression. So I would say that I follow the um, professional circuit, maybe not as much as others, but I definitely do keep tabs on like what it what it looks like, what's going on, just to set some goals, just to know people who I was with at some point and what they've accomplished, just to kind of motivate me to be like, oh, you can you can get there too. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I I know you mentioned in like I remember watching an interview where you you talked about like how you looked up to Ajay Wilson and like all of the success she's had in the sport. Uh, so relating to that, like, what are your what were your thoughts on like seeing the American success and like specifically the New Jersey success um, this past this past year uh, at the 800 meter level at the international level? Yeah, so um, obviously, I think has taken over the stage. You know, she just won the Bowerman. I think it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, she and I used to race all of middle school. Um, she didn't do the high school circuit, so she did like the club circuit. So I didn't really race her in high school. Um, unless it was like New Balance Nationals, which we did race a few times there. Like she and I were just at it from sixth, eighth grade. Um, so that was, it's just really amazing just to watch someone who just, just, I don't know, it was just right with you a couple of years ago. Just all her success is really inspirational and just hats off to her and all the work she's put in. And like, this is just, I don't know, it was just an honor to know her and just, um, I'm really proud of her and happy for her. And so, you know, always, always rooting for New Jersey. Um, so obviously her um, and Ajay, it was really cool for me. It was my sophomore year when I broke Ajay's indoor record at the bubble, um, which was a big moment for me as well. Um, so I've just always looked up to her. When I raced at the USATF Indoor Nationals, I raced at 600. I believe she ran the 1K, but um, we were like, warming up, not together, but just like in the same area at the same time, which is really cool. Um, for me to be able to just rub noses with her. And um, when I was at Milrose, when I finished racing, I had watched her and um, Raven Rogers and um, two other women break the four by eight, um, I want to say world record indoors, which is really cool as well. And so um, New Jersey just has just a lot of success um, in track and field, especially in the middle distance area. So it was really cool just to know like, people you you step on the same track as them and now they're out there winning olympic medals and um so i really that's another reason for my jersey pride as well yeah yeah like like sydney she was at like oh sydney yeah Rockland. she was at like one of the same like morris hills relays that's one of the like races we go to and i heard like a few years ago she competed at that race so it's like it's so crazy to see all the nj like talent that's that's here yeah, so my current training partner, her name is Lena, and so she's from Union Catholic, where Sydney, um, like, was went to yeah. high school, and so they run relays together. And like, I've never raced Sydney in a relay or in an event, um, but I've definitely been at the same meets as her. And like, she was a senior when I was a freshman, so we crossed paths for that one year. So it's just really cool to be able to be like, oh, like, she was there when I was there, and and now look at her with a new world record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think like that's one of the coolest things about like track and field. Like, it just like it's like very like a tight knit community and it's like mm -hmm. you could be warming up like right next to like a professional like professional and a world record holder and there are not many other sports where like th that like community is as strong and like that like accessibility is there like yeah it's just really one of the one of my favorite aspects of the sport yeah it's definitely it's really cool and it's really inspirational as well yeah definitely all right, so to, to wrap up the the podcast, um, it's been a really great episode so far. Um, just yeah, just to wrap things up, what what are some things that uh, you're looking forward to in the next few months? Uh, I know you mentioned, or we talked about like how the indoor season is really starting to ramp up now, or like just start. Um, so, what are some things you're looking forward to um, athletically and even academically or like socially, if you would like to talk about that? 
Yeah. Um, so I would say we had our we had our inter squad meet last week. We started competitions January fifteenth. We host meets throughout January, so I'm excited to be racing again. Um, racing at our inter squad meet was our my first time racing since March because I had um my injury in the spring. Um, so I'm excited just to get back out there and can be and be competitive again. Um, academically, um, I guess I'm gonna get more into the meat of my specific major classes, um, more business school related classes than just general entrance classes. So I'm excited to guess learn more about accounting, even though I'm almost ready to declare it as my major. Um, so that's fun. Um, I would say socially, um, I know there's a question of whether or not Penn State will go back to um, in-person um, classes right at the beginning of spring. I know there's um, kind of up in the air, might start out um, online like we did last year and then move to in-person. So I'm not quite sure what that will look like. Um, I'm just hoping for the best, hoping for the opportunity to be able to go back. I know racing, for me, I'll be going back regardless um, in training. As a student athlete, I think all of us are going back as student athletes, but I'd really love all my friends that I've made who aren't student athletes to be back there with me as well. Um, I'm just excited just, I don't know, just to go back to school. Um, hopefully it's up and running as it was in the fall. Um, but yeah, wishing everyone safe and healthy and happy holidays as well. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. So do you want to shout out anything? I know we talked about your website. Do you want to promote it? Go ahead and this time you can <laughs> shout out anything you want. Yeah, so um, the website I created, Van Real Track Guide, um, how to obtain what you want out of the track and field recruiting process. Um, that website is, the link to it is in my Instagram bio, which is just my name, Victoria, dot, and my last name, Van Real, V-A-N-R-I-E-L-E. So that link to that is there, or you can just look it up basically just with the link itself. Um, I would shout that out, and I guess... Um, Go Nittany Lions coming up this spring um, semester, going into the season. Um, I feel like we have a really strong team, and I'm really excited to see we're able to accomplish, not just in our middle distance group, but just the entire team as a whole um, this season. Um, everyone is just – most people are healthy. Uh, I feel like we're really ready to go and put down some good times, good performances in our competitions this season, and um, I'm excited for us. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much for joining me today, Victoria. It's been a great episode. Uh, I think everyone listening has probably learned so much about the middle distance world and your running journey thus far, which has been very inspirational. So thank you so much uh, for joining me and yeah, have a great, have a great season coming up and yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great.